I think it's quite often for for us as freelancers that when a project wraps up to just kind of be like, cool, have a great day, like see you later, good luck with the launch. Uh, and what I kind of like to do is keep that relationship going even after my part is over. Welcome to Design Life, a show about design and side projects for motivated creators. I'm Femke. And I'm Charlie. Today is almost a follow-up episode to episode 37 where we talked about the client onboarding process. Today we're going to talk about what happens at the end of the project. So the offboarding process, I suppose. Is that actually a term, Fem? Or I don't know. are we just using it? I don't know if it's actually a term, but it's just like the easiest term that I've used for it. Exactly. So basically it's what you do at the end of a project to wrap things up, uh, potentially get feedback from the client, get a case study out of it. I don't know. This is, episode is mostly going to be me quizzing Femme because as we've talked about before, she's done a lot more client work than I have. So I think that I'm going to learn a lot and hopefully you listening are going to learn a lot as well. Yeah, I'm looking forward to sharing a little bit about, I guess, how I sort of offboard my clients. I think this is probably going to be a new sort of concept for a lot of people listening. I think it's quite common to just like end the relationship with the client without giving it much thought. So hopefully some of the stuff that I have to share will be helpful for those listening. How's your week been though, Charlie? Well, just like last week, you were talking about the approaching conference talk you were giving. This week for me, I've been working on my slides for the Sean Wes conference that I'm going to be speaking at in October. They've asked for my slides to be handed in uh, at the beginning of the month, so September, which is obviously a few weeks ago when you're listening to this episode. So I've been working on that and getting them finished and feeling very nervous about it, to be honest, but... Yeah, I don't know. All I can do is hand them in and get some feedback on them, I suppose, and see how we go. You're going to do so well. Like, I'm so looking forward to watching you speak. I'm so looking forward to us being in Austin and being at this conference, to be honest. I don't know if by the time this episode goes out, if tickets are still available. But if you live in America or feel like traveling there and have heard us talk about the Sean Wes community before, then we'll put a link in the show notes to the conference because when you buy a conference ticket, you also get membership to the community, etc. So there'll be a link there where you can check it out if you feel like coming to hear me speak as well. What's your presentation going to be about? Can you shed any light? Oh, that is a good question. I probably should have said that, shouldn't I? (laughs) I'm going to be talking about creating consistently and with a focus on video. So running a YouTube channel consistently and what that entails because it's more than just uploading every week. It's to do with the topics you talk about and the quality of your videos as well. So I'm going to be talking about the importance of that and giving tips for how to achieve it alongside actually having a job and doing many other things. So should be good, I hope. Cool. I can't wait to see it. How about you? How's your week been? Anything to share? Not that much to share. I guess we're in mid-September now and that Sean West conference is coming up pretty soon, so I need to get myself a bit more organised. Hopefully, by the time this episode comes out, I will have been organised enough to actually purchase my flight tickets because that's yes, something that would be good. <laughs> that I haven't yet done, but has been on my to-do list for like the entire year. Uh, so a little bit poor planning on my part, but yeah, I, by this stage, I should really be planning uh, myself for that conference and organising everything and making sure you know things took over as usual. So. 
that's probably what I'm going to be doing the week that this podcast comes out. Sounds like, yes, definitely a thing that needs to happen. Yes. Something else I'm doing at the moment, actually, that I might as well bring up because it kind of relates to today's topic is I'm in the last week of a client project. So hopefully by the end of this episode, I'll know what to even do to finish it off. Oh, good timing. So first question. Yeah. First question for you, Femme. What, how do you end a, f- a client project? So we're at the stage where they've paid the final payment, you've handed over the assets. What do you do then? Like, is there something you include in that last email when you're handing over the files or, you know, the deliverables? I'm assuming you don't just say, great working with you. See you later. Yeah, well, I, I'm going to say my offboarding process is still a work in progress. So I yeah, still have enough. things that I want to bring in and one of those things is actually improving that sort of deliverable handoff phase so at the moment probably like most freelancers out there I just sort of you know send them the the project files or whatever in an email like or or via Dropbox like hey you know here you go here, here they all are but I feel like that in itself that action of doing that could be improved so that's one thing that I really want to improve on rather than just like attaching a thing to an email one of the things that I would really like to do is have like a dedicated page perhaps on my website for deliverables just for that particular client so you know it's probably going to have to be password protected uh, but that way they could go to that page and all of the assets will be there in a nice sort of presentation format maybe I will like record a little video taking them through anything that needs to be taken through if uh, they need some training on how to use the CMS maybe we have like a little training video there of like you know here's how to get started and set up using your new CMS to manage your website all of those kind of things is like these are kind of like long-term plans of things that I would really like to do is sort of have a deliverable handoff process. You are blowing my mind right now <laughs> with this. That is not something I've ever thought about doing before for design, but I have been sort of on the receiving end of something like this when I've worked with photographers in the past. Right. It's very common for them to have the photos hosted on their own website and they'll send you a link to it to browse and download the photos that they've taken for you that's that's quite common and I don't know why it never crossed my mind that that would be a thing that designers would do as well I don't think I've ever seen someone do that before but I'm sure people do because it sounds so smart that yeah of course yeah that's a great idea I've seen people talk about it I haven't actually experienced it myself I guess because I've never been like the client you know Uh, but I have read you know some blogs of some designers where they talk about how they do that they I think they kind of call it like their presentation delivery yeah service or whatever and I think that would be really beneficial like for both parties involved like you know for me obviously I could reuse content so things like you know how to get set up with your CMS instead of me having to take each client through that individually I could just create I guess like a mini course in a way, like a couple videos of getting started and then I can just insert that in each one. So it's a lot more efficient and time-saving for me and also, you know, I think a bit more of a professional way to do that, to hand the assets over. Uh, And then for the client, obviously there's some benefits there and having everything in that one place that they can go to, all the information is there, they can see it all in a very nicely, easy-to-understand way. Yeah, that makes total sense. It would also leave a really good last impression 
I think we talk a lot about first impressions, but last impressions are really important too because that last impression that a client gets from a project is going to be what determines if they come back to you next time they need design or if they totally. refer you to a friend, which are both obviously very desirable outcomes. Totally. And I realized that I went on a bit of a tangent there because I didn't really answer your question, which is what I currently do when I offboard my clients. So what I currently do is I send them a questionnaire and this questionnaire is a way for me to get their feedback about how the project went and also to collect a testimonial from them that I will then you know put up in my website or use in any other sort of brand collateral that I have for myself. So what sort of questions do you ask in that questionnaire? Because I know from doing case studies through through work, uh, getting you know our customers to talk about our product, it's kind of hard. You can't just be to someone, write a testimonial for me, please, because often clients won't really yeah. know how to do that. So how do you word things in order to pull the most value from them and for, the, for that purpose? Yeah, so often if you ask someone, like, hey, can you write me a testimonial? That you know, that's pretty open and pretty broad. You're probably going to get a range of responses. Like, someone might be like, Charlie was great. And that to them could be considered a testimonial. Yeah, like an Amazon review. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, with these kind of client testimonials, you really want to get like the nitty gritty, meaty stuff. Like, you don't just want the fluffy stuff like, Charlie was great. Like, you want the the meaty stuff like, you know, Charlie helped increase our conversions by X percent and she was so professional to work with and she took us, you know, through every step of the process and communicated really clearly. Like, that kind of stuff holds so much more weight and so much more value on your website when other potential clients come looking to consider whether they want to work with you. And so... The way that I try and encourage them to give me that meaty stuff is, you know, I'll say, you know, please, can you write a little testimonial? And I'll also then include a little bit of a guideline for them. So I might say like, oh, you know, typically other clients have written, you know, X many words, maybe 150 or 300 words in the past. Uh, also, here's some questions for you to consider when writing your testimonial. And I might include like a couple questions that they can ask themselves. And that hopefully like, you know, sparks them to, to write something that's a bit more valuable than just like great work. <laughs> Have you found that to be, I don't know, overwhelming for a client, you know, when the project's coming to an end and then you're asking them to write 150 words for you, for example, have you had much pushback on that or have most clients been keen to, to do it? I haven't had any clients decline doing it, but I have awesome. had a couple cases where like it takes them a while to do it. I, I don't necessarily always get it back very quickly because I guess it just becomes like a to-do list task for them, you know, and the project's already wrapped up, like you know, they, they sort of want to move on. So sometimes I'll, you know, it'll take a little bit of follow-ups like, you know, hey, how are you going with the testimonial and the feedback? Like I'd really appreciate it. It means a lot to me and my business and helps me get future clients. You know, it's really important to me. So sometimes it takes a couple of those sort of nice, polite pushes, but I haven't had anyone yet like completely decline writing one. That's really good. Obviously that's like testament to the relationship that you've had that they're willing to do that I suppose uh I suppose also getting someone to fill out the testimonial form or whatever questionnaire whatever you call it a, a bit later on down the track could bring 
interesting insights like increased conversions and things like that that you wouldn't know if you just filled it in immediately after getting the deliverables. Have you found that difference in the types of testimonials you get from the ones that are filled out straight away to the ones that come a couple of weeks or months down the track? Yeah, totally. And when I first started collecting testimonials, uh, I did it via Typeform. If you guys don't know what Typeform is, it's basically this service where you can create a questionnaire and then send a link to someone and then they can easily fill it out. And so one of the you know questions, I guess, in that questionnaire was, you know, please take a moment to write a testimonial here in this text box. And, you know, I, I make a note to say, like, by writing this testimonial, you sort of give consent for it to be used on our website, et cetera, et cetera. So it kind of gives them that expectation to, you know, write something that's formal, I guess. And mm. the first time that I did this, my client came back to me, you know, they'd filled out the testimonial, but they also said, you know, I also had some other feedback that I really wanted to share with you. And while it's not necessarily testimonial worthy, you know, it would have been nice to have like a sort of other feedback oh. box, like a personal feedback. You know how like when you rent on Airbnb, you can leave like a public review and then you can also send the Airbnb host like private uh, yeah, stuff. yeah. So it was kind of like that. Like he wanted a way to send like other sort of private feedback, I guess. And that like totally makes sense, right? But when I first created that questionnaire, I never considered that. So now the very last question is always, you know, is there any other feedback that you would like to share? What sort of things do you get through in that part of the form? I get things through that help me learn and help me make things better for next time. So, for example, one of the things was uh, the developer had some feedback about how I'd laid out the style guide and something about, like, um, I think he wanted different different measurements or a different unit of measurements for some things. And so he said that he had to, like, manually convert things from my design file or something like that. And so that, to me, was kind of helpful hearing from the developer what is, is useful for them and how for my next project I can make the style guide, you know, more useful for the next client. Yeah, totally. Or gives you an idea of what questions you need to ask next time. Yeah. So like to ask the developer what units they prefer and if there's a typical layout that is most useful for them in building. Yeah, totally. That's, yeah, that's really cool that the client went ahead and, and gave you that feedback because not everyone would, you know. Some people would just you know write it off or keep it to themselves so that's really useful that they've chosen to tell you yeah so some of the other questions I ask in this questionnaire are sort of about getting a feeling for you know the experience of the client and how the project went in their point of view so some of those questions include you know did the work meet your expectations uh, was the proposal accurate for the work that you received in the end? What did you learn? What was your favorite part of the project? What was your least favorite? And well, then good. I also ask a couple questions around like if they would hire us again or if they would refer us. And if they answer yes to would they hire us again, what I want to do is add a little sort of note in my calendar to follow up with them at a later date. Sometimes Ooh, I do this. that's good. Yeah, it, it is good. Sometimes I do it, sometimes I don't. It really depends, you know, there's, there's multiple factors that can come into that. You know, maybe I don't want to work with them again, for yeah, example. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Maybe it's not a client yeah. you want to have more uh, projects from. 
But, you know, if it's a good client relationship, you really enjoyed the project and they've said, yes, we would like to work with you again in future, then I think that's worth, you know, just making a little note in your calendar, maybe six months down the line or so to sort of, you know, just drop them an email and be like, hey, how's it all going? You know, really enjoyed working with you last time. Is there anything I can help you with? You know, that kind of nicely professionally framed email. Yeah, that makes total sense. That's a great idea. Have you had many clients either come back to you for an, another project or refer you on to someone else? I have had a client come back for another project. Uh, and it was quite fun, actually. It was it was different from the first project. The first project, I created some icons for them. And then the second project, they wanted a website. So it was kind of like next level. So that was quite rewarding to, you know, start with like a small project, I guess, you know, understandably so, they wanted to figure me out, I guess you could say, uh, and then be rewarded with this bigger project from them like a year later, I think it was. So that was quite rewarding. That is really good because that shows that the icons that you did for them were useful and, you know, they were still thinking about them a year later when it came time and they needed a website, mm-hmm. you were the person they thought of because the icons had worked out so well for them, obviously. At least I assume that would be the reason. Yeah, yeah, I, I hope that's the reason. Uh, and the other questions about like, you know, what was your favorite and least favorite part about the project? You know, that can also sometimes bring some interesting results about, you know, what they enjoy and what they don't enjoy. Yeah, and that can help you perhaps maybe bring it back into the onboarding process about setting expectations or something if there was something yeah. they particularly didn't like or, you know, weren't expecting. Exactly. That could be really useful for that too. Yeah, I find having this sort of offboarding or or what I call it actually, I call it an exit interview. So it's just Hmm. like this questionnaire that, you know, internally I call it an exit interview. I don't say to the client, like, please fill out this exit interview. Yeah, because then it makes it sound like they're leaving a job or something. Yeah, it's, you know, it's not very necessary. So I call it an exit interview and, you know, I collate all the responses and I dump them in a spreadsheet and so that way I can easily you know look back on them or if I want to pull a testimonial I can quickly go to my spreadsheet and find a good one and yeah so far it's worked out really well and I think having it as a questionnaire as opposed to just saying to the client in an email like I'd love your feedback (laughs) you know I think having it a bit more structured and giving them a guideline and some questions to answer that just makes it so much easier for the client and also gives you a lot more control over what kind of feedback, you know, you can get from the client and choose those type of questions that give you the most valuable responses. Yeah, you don't want to overload them, right? So you have to be smart about which questions you ask so that it's worth both of your time, really, them filling it out. Do you send a link to this questionnaire along with the assets at the moment, like I know in the future you're going to have a dedicated page for that, but right now is that link included in that email or do you follow up a week or a day later or something? How does it work? Uh, I'm, I don't think I have a rigid process because I'm trying to remember. I think at the moment I include it in the same email, so I'll be like, you know, here's the assets, you can get them here, and it's like a Dropbox link. And then I'll also include at the bottom, like, you know, thanks for the opportunity. I really enjoyed working with you. I would love it if you could take five minutes of your time to answer a couple of questions about how the project went for you. You know, your feedback is really valuable to me. And then I sort of just slide it in there, which, you know, 
that it's not surprising to me that sometimes that could get lost, which is why I might not hear back for a little while because I'm giving them the assets. And so that's really like the number one focus of that email to them is like they want the assets. So yeah, true. The, the exit interview, you know, not surprisingly can easily go unnoticed if I stick it in there. So it's something that maybe I should improve on. Yeah, but also though, that could be an email they come back to a lot to re-download things. I don't know, maybe it's just me who re-downloads things all the time because I forget that I've already got it sitting somewhere in my downloads. So in that case, it could be good. I'm wondering if, I don't know, I worry that sending a questionnaire and, you know, asking for feedback puts it more in the client's mind like I was doing, or like they were doing me a favour, giving me the opportunity and, you know, things like that. I'm not sure. Have you ever ever felt like that or had any clients think of it that way? I don't know. It does kind of feel like that when you first send it out. Like, yeah, hey, can you do me a favor and give me some feedback? Uh, but then again, I think it's how you frame it. Like I position it as, you know, your feedback is really valuable to me. And I really want to know and understand how the project went and how you felt about it and if anything could have been improved upon. Like kind of position it more as like that you you care about them, which you do. Like I do. I, I really do care how the experience was for that client and I want to make it better for them next time if we do work with each other. And so I think if you can kind of position it that way as opposed to positioning it as like, hey, do me a favor, I'd really like your feedback, you know, then mm. it might be easier to sort of encourage encourage or convince them to fill it out. Yeah, that makes sense. Do you give any sort of indication of how long it should take them as well? Because I find that always gets me to fill out a form if it's like this should only take a minute or two. I'm like, oh, I'll go on then, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, I think I usually say like it takes around five minutes, but, you know, obviously some clients give like way more feedback or, or a way longer testimonial than others, so it really depends. But I think maybe what's what could be more valuable or time-saving is just limiting the amount of questions. So, you know, I'm not going to send them a questionnaire that has like 50 questions about how the project went because that's just way too overwhelming. Even if they were simple like yes, no questions, it's still too much. Yeah. I'd rather have like seven or so or five like short, concise questions that they don't have to spend like an hour answering. When you put testimonials on your website, do you accompany them with a photo? I know that's quite common Ooh, practice. Good Also, question. I feel like I should have looked at your website before this and <laughs> known that answer. <laughs> no, that's a really good question. And I do, although I have considered not doing it. But the reason that I've kept it and the reason that I do do it is because I read somewhere and unfortunately I don't remember where this was but I've read somewhere that having photos like instills a bit of uh not familiarity but like it, it makes it a bit more personal you know like you see a person a, a person and you kind of feel a bit more of a connection to them like they're another human uh, rather than just like a wall of text that like could have really come from anywhere. I think having a photo of the client just makes it a bit more credible, maybe. So how do you go about, do you just ask them to send a photo along or do you just take it from their social media? How does that work in, in getting their permission? Have you ever had anyone not want to have their photo? 
So far, no, I haven't. And I don't actually even ask anywhere in my questionnaire, like, do you give permission for your photo? Uh, and I haven't <laughs> had any problems with that yet. But now you've got me thinking that maybe I should put that in just to cover myself. Um, but usually I will get a photo of them online and I'll just check with them. Hey, are you okay that I use this photo against your testimonial? And they're like, yep. So, so far it hasn't really been a problem, but I can imagine one day it will be for someone, you know, there's always someone who's not really comfortable with that. So not sure what to do in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. So from there, I know that you will sometimes write case studies, like longer form uh, overviews, I suppose, of a project. And I'm assuming like, okay, so first of all, I know you don't do that for every project. I'm guessing you do it for the ones where you feel like there's enough of a story to tell. Is that the thinking behind that? Yeah, I do it for the ones where there is a story to tell. Uh, I'm really proud of the work. I think that that work is like, you know, a valid portfolio piece and could help attract more of that type of work. So therefore, like I want to showcase it a little bit more. Yeah, that makes sense. So do you get a lot of the information for that case study from the questionnaire as well? Like I'm guessing you can include more of the client's thoughts on it than you would in just a short testimonial in the case study, right? Yeah, so I always include the testimonial that the client ends up writing in the case study. So at the end of the case study, bam, right there in the centre of the screen is in the client in the client's own words, their testimonial. So that's one of the places on my site that I put it and I also put it on my homepage at the moment. I also have the testimonials there. Cool. Yeah, that makes sense. How many, so you said before that you have had a client return to you. What is some advice for getting that to happen? Because I don't think that I've ever at the moment had a return client apart from when I was first starting out in doing design and I was just sort of I suppose on retainer to a couple of children's wear stores doing their newsletters I guess it's positive that they did want to keep using me but yeah I don't know I'd I'd like some advice for ending the project in a way that means the client will either come back or refer you to someone else what are some things to look out for or yeah to think about that's a great question I think For me, I don't always want every client to be a repeat client. So if you don't want them to be a repeat client, then like don't push for it. But if it's a client that you have a good relationship with and you see that there could be more potential work on the horizon and you really want to keep that relationship going, then obviously it's good to plant some seeds at the end of the the project that you're doing. And I think it's quite often for, for us as freelancers that when a project wraps up to just kind of be like, cool, have a great day, like see you later, good luck with the launch. Uh, And what I kind of like to do is keep that relationship going even after my part is over. So usually like the majority of work that I've been taking on this year is designing websites. And so when I send the, you know, the design assets to the client, for me, my bit is over, but for them, that project is still ongoing because now it goes into like a development phase and whatever and Mm. and has to be launched. So one of the things that I do is I just kind of, you know, keep in touch with them like, hey, how's it going? You know, do do you need any, like, 
do you need anything more from me? Is there something I missed? You know, how's the development going? Would really love to see, you know, it on a staging site or something like that. Like, how's it going? And sort of keep that relationship open with them. And, uh, you know, you never know. Sometimes, like, the client might share with you, like, when the launch date is going to be. And then, you know, you can kind of prepare around that and help celebrate the launch. Like, you know, when a client website of mine launches, I'll do a tweet about it, etc. And And that's always good, too, because it helps you know, bring people to see the site that you made, which, you know, is good for everybody involved. So I think maintaining that relationship and keeping it open with them. And also, you know, if you send them this questionnaire and they have said that they would like to work with you again, that's also a door to kind of keep open. So, you know, catch up with them three months later, like how's everything going? Or in six months time, be like, hey, you know, I've got some free time. Do you have any work on the horizon? Just keeping the relationship open don't close the door yeah that's definitely something you need to work on uh not just in design work but in all of the sort of uh external sources of income or whatever I guess you'd call it that I have so for example I should be following up with my customers who buy things in my online store I should be going back to the people that I've done sponsored videos with and all my little like freelance design projects as well like I really wish now that I'd gone back to um the YouTuber that I did the merch design for at the end of last year Mm -hmm. that yeah I definitely maybe it's not too late I don't know to go back and I don't think it's too late at all I think it's perfect timing to go back and say hey are you thinking about doing another round at the end of this year I'd really love to help out like let's chat about it yeah, you're right. I should I should do that. <laughs> and and I've said this before in a previous uh, episode is that, you know, you already have a no. So just send them like a two, three sentence email and that could turn into a whole new project for you. Oh, you're so right, fam. I hate <laughs> it when you're right sometimes. That is a really good point here that you've already got a no perfectly applies to the situation. Yeah. And you're not going to be annoying them. They can ignore your email if they choose to. Exactly. But if they do have work on, then actually you're probably helping them out because then they don't have to reach out and contact a designer. You've come to them. <laughs> yeah. So, Charlie, I would recommend that you get in touch with them. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm going to do it. <laughs> I think it also helps what email client you use. And that might sound sound kind of strange, but I use an email client that allows me to set emails to follow up on a certain date so that way like I can archive it or whatever and tell it to like reappear in my inbox six months from now and when it does that it comes back in my inbox and that's like a reminder for me like oh yeah this this thing like it's probably a good time to follow up with the client now or I also have like some folders in my email client so I have uh, like a folder that's got leads in it so that's like projects that have you know, been sent to me and like it might turn into something or I have um, like in progress and then I also have archived client work. So that's kind of stuff that is kind of gone. But, you know, now and then I might go and have a look through there and sort of see if there's anything that could potentially be picked up again. What email client is that? Because it sounds amazing. (laughs) I use Nihilus, which I don't think is hugely popular yet. I think it's quite popular for developers because it's open source and hopefully, how is that spelled? We, we'll uh, put it in our show. Yeah, notes. it's N Y L A S. Okay, interesting. I'm gonna. I look think into it. it's currently in. It might be in a beta. I'm not entirely sure, but 
it's quite it's been quite good for me so far so yeah you can do things like set a follow-up uh you can also if you want to be like super stalker uh you can like get notifications when people open your email so you know if someone's ignoring oh, them <laughs> i that the idea of that just stresses me out knowing know. how many people must have that on when they send me an email yeah because i am prone to responding to emails a month later yeah. you know <laughs> yeah for the record i don't have that turned on because i don't like knowing that people are doing that to me so i don't do it to other people yeah uh, that's good i like that way of thinking but the other good thing about it, and I realize we're going on a bit of a tangent here, but hopefully it's helpful for people. Uh, you can sort of save replies or like save responses. So I can like type up some, you know, common things that I always send out to clients. And then when I'm composing an email, I can just drop those in, you know, obviously edit them a little bit if I need to and send it off. So that's also super useful. That's something I need to get in place for my blog and YouTube things. So often I get emails from people and you're not quite sure if they're wanting to sponsor something or just have you invite you to write about their Do campaign favor, for the possibility yeah. of exposure. It's sometimes hard to tell. So, yeah, I think I need to get some templates in place so that I can not waste my time, you know, because you want to explore opportunities, but not waste time as well. Anyway, that is a tangent, like we said. <laughs> I have a question for you. Uh, we've talked before about how it's better to attract clients than go to them. Do you think there's any conflict in that with following up with a client and asking if they've got anything they need done later on? Because I feel like that sort of goes against what we've talked about, but maybe it's just in the wording of it. I don't know. What do you think about that? When I think of attracting clients, I think of you're attracting someone to come and start a relationship with you. I'm not thinking of that as attracting projects. Mm. So for me, when I have a client, I've done that, like that bit's over. I've attracted them. I've attracted that client. And now there might be repeat projects over the course of the next few years. And because you have that ongoing relationship, I think it's totally okay to follow up with them and to see if they have any more work because You've already attracted them and you already now have that relationship with them. I hope that makes sense. Oh, that's a little bit hard to that explain. That does make sense, attracting the client rather than the project. Because I suppose you've already worked with them before and they know the deal, right? Like they know what your process is and how it works. So that's going to be much easier to work with them next time. Did you find that with your repeat client? Was Did things run smoother or anything? the second project that you did yeah the I second, know it was quite different but no yeah the second project in my opinion was a much more successful project I think we both had a lot more fun and we both collaborated a lot more together actually so we both worked together on like the content for the landing page like some of the you know the text and the headlines and that kind of stuff so it was a bit more like back and forth in a google doc uh, compared to the first project where it was more of like you know here's a brief like here's the icons we need designed you know go away and do them sort of thing so the second project was definitely much more collaborative between the two of us and you know I think they were pretty happy with the end result so I think you know having had that first project with them under my belt helped establish and create you know a lot of trust between me and the client and you know they'd been through my process before so they were really familiar with it and they obviously you know enjoyed working with me otherwise they wouldn't have come back for a second time so the second time was definitely a lot more successful 
That makes total sense. And also it sounds like you're describing why I love in-house design. Right. I know we already talked about that in a couple of episodes ago, but it is that things are just easier the next time around, you know, because you already know each other, you know, the brand and yeah. Anyway, we've already done an episode about that. It'll be linked in the show notes if you want to listen to it. <laughs> yeah. My recommendation, I think for people listening is, you know, if you don't have like an exit interview set up, then I would encourage you like tomorrow like go and start writing down some questions in a google doc think of the type of things that you could ask them turn that into a type form questionnaire and then literally it's so easy all you have to do is send your client a link you know explain a little bit about what it is and why it's important and why you'd appreciate their feedback and I think you know you're going to be surprised by some of the the things that you get back from them it's going to be really helpful I've learned so much from my clients in that questionnaire that I probably never would have known if I never did it I'm definitely going to be setting up a questionnaire to send my client that I've got on at the moment at the end of our project. So I'll follow up maybe in a future episode and let you know how that went. Yeah, please do. I think, you know, one of the most valuable things about it is like, yes, you get a testimonial and that looks really good and is helpful to have on your website. But also just the another big benefit for me is what I learn from that. Like the things that they tell me that I would have never thought, like you know, in one of the projects, I asked them like, what it, what was your, you know, most favorite part of the about project, and what did you learn? And they said that they really enjoyed being able to use Typekit, like they'd never used Typekit before, and that was Aww. like a nice thing, new thing for them to learn about. And so it's like little things like that, like that I would never have thought would be, you know, something fun and new for them that they really enjoyed. So it's stuff like that that is is helpful. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, I think I've learned a lot from you in this episode, Fem. Thanks for sharing. I'm going to apply it to my process. And I feel like I just like talked the entire time. So I'm sorry if anyone is sick of my voice by the end of this. And I basically episode. interviewed you. This is not a normal <laughs> dynamic, is it? But still, no. I, I think it was good. I learned a lot. So hopefully people listening did as well. Cool. To hear any more episodes from us, because there is a lot of useful episodes in our archive now, I think, not to toot our own horn or anything, but head to designlife.fm and you'll find all of our past episodes there. Make sure you follow us on Twitter as well. We are at designlife.fm. And if you have been enjoying the show and listening for a while, we would love it if you would leave us a review on iTunes. It takes about two minutes and it means a lot to us and the show. And I just want to read out this one review that we got from Vosco recently. Uh, it was five stars, so thank you very much. Woo-hoo. And they said, I absolutely love this podcast. Femke and Charlie both generously open up their process in thinking on the practice and craft of design and creative side projects. If you are new to design or at all interested in creative endeavors, this is a must listen. Also, make sure you join the conversation as both hosts and the show are really engaging on Twitter. Woo, that's perfect. I, I'm i so glad that that's what you've got out from us. That's, yeah, just what we want. <laughs> yes, so thank you very much for that review. And, of course, follow us on Twitter. And you can also check out our website, designlife.fm, and you'll find all the episodes. And you can also subscribe there to our newsletter. See you next week, Pam. Bye.